What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Friday, February 21st, College Basketball Friday on the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show. Or find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. And now we're even on TikTok by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. 12. Again, we're on TikTok, The Mitch Davis Show 12. Be bringing you behind the scenes content as we make this run to March Madness. So be sure you go check out the TikTok page as well by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Again, follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Before we get into today's interview with founder of Go Big Blue Country, Sean Smith, I want to thank our sponsors at SY Wilson for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. Go check them out. They've got all your collegiate needs. They've got bait and tackle. They've got all your outdoors needs there at S.Y. Wilson, the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. want to thank them for their continued support. I want to thank Sean Smith, founder of Go Big Blue Country, for coming on the podcast today to talk all things Kentucky athletics, from Vince Merrow to Kentucky basketball, to Nick Richards, to what he expects out of the Kentucky Wildcats and the SEC play heading down the stretch until Nashville. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, you can find the show wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight or on Facebook at The Mitch Davis Show and on TikTok at The Mitch Davis Show as well. Want to thank y'all again and thank S.Y. Wilson for their continued support. And without further ado, I would like to welcome Sean Smith, founder of Go Big Blue Country, to the podcast today. I am joined now by the founder of Go Big Blue Country and a good friend of mine, Mr. Sean Smith. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Mitch. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Long time, no talk. How's everything been going with uh, with the company and everything up there in the bluegrass? going well it's just keeping us busy it's uh nothing else i'd rather do though especially this time of year when we're barreling down the uh looking down the barrel at march madness right around the corner pretty excited about that still a couple of weeks in the regular season it's a good time to be on the uk beat for sure <laughs> i totally feel you before we get into a little basketball talk vince morrow turns down michigan state also turns down the head coaching job at Youngstown State. How big is that for the football program? If people don't know, Vince Morrow is the guy behind the scenes for Kentucky football. Well, Mitch, you're you're familiar with Kentucky football. When you think of this turnaround and you think of Mark Stoops, there's two names that everyone should know since Stoops has been in Lexington. One is Stoops and the other is Vince Morrow. That's the two guys that have been there from the very beginning. Uh, bottle with the in-state recruiting, the Ohio recruiting. I, I think Vince's impact, it goes beyond recruiting, too. I mean, you saw the relationships with Lynn Bowden. When Lynn was going through some of his struggles, it was always Vince that he was going through. I actually think that when they made the move for Lynn to quarterback last year, that it was Vince that finally talked to Stoops about it. I think Lynn went to Vince's office and talked to him. So that just shows you that he's more of a, he's a family guy. He's already landed two guys in this recruiting class this week since he got his pay raise. I mean, it, it was that was Mark Stoops' biggest recruit, in my opinion, was winning that one, beating Michigan State for Marrow. I never really thought that he was going to leave just because the possibility that if Kentucky, you know, finishes this thing off and goes to the SEC championship, 
sometime in the near future. I couldn't imagine what Merrill would have felt like having to watch from somewhere else and not be there. But I think there was some growing concerns there. But, I mean, there was a a closer relationship with Tucker at Michigan State. But it just felt like the right thing for him to stay. And now, let's say three or four years from now, if he gets a head coaching offer somewhere, it might be the right time for him to pursue that if that's what he wants to do. You know, this coaching staff and a lot of people, you know, on the outside looking in are saying, oh, well, Kentucky, yeah, they won the Belt Bowl. Yeah, they won the Citrus Bowl. But let's talk about your expectations, not only for the spring, but for next season, because this team really feels like the team that can make the push to make it to Atlanta and win the East. Well, if you remember last year, I voted on second in the SEC East at SEC Media Day in Birmingham. And I actually went on a Tennessee radio show the next morning defending my claim because a lot of people were like, how can you put Kentucky second? And I think if Terry had, hadn't gone down with an injury, you probably beat South Carolina at South Carolina, Mississippi State at Mississippi State. That's probably two games Kentucky would have gotten. I think there was an outside chance for them to make a run at first last year. They probably wouldn't have won it, but I think they would have finished second, possibly third. But with all the starters they had coming back, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive line returns four of the highest-graded offensive linemen in the SEC. It it feels like this could be the year they do it if they get a healthy Terry Wilson. That's going to be the biggest question mark for me is, is he able to do the things that he was doing? You know, be that guy that can leave the pocket and make good plays. From the sound of things, though, when you hear Coach Merrill talk, Coach Stoops talk, Coach Grant, all these guys keep saying Atlanta. And that's something that two years ago, three years ago, when Josh Allen, Mike Edwards, all those guys announced that they were coming back, nobody mentioned anything about winning the SEC East. So I thought that was interesting that when A.J. Rose, Quentin Bohanna, all these guys, Landon Young, announced they were returning for their final years, they kept mentioning getting to Atlanta, competing for the division. I think this is something that the staff is talking about. I think this might be the first time that the staff has really said it publicly. So the expectations will be there. They're, I think them and Tennessee will be a trendy pick to finish there in the top two, top three of the league and have a shot at it. I think it's going to be interesting, especially Georgia losing a lot. Uh, Florida's going to be there, but you still don't know what happens in that situation. Uh, that's definitely a big game the second week of the season when Kentucky goes to Gainesville. If they can get that win, we've seen what that's done for the program in the past. Looking at the roster, they lost Lynn Bowden, they lost Cash Daniels. Talk about who is going to be the next guys up to replace those leaders. Well, it's definitely going to be a collective thing. Uh, I think Chris Oates is a big name to watch on the defensive side of the ball. I, I thought he was very good. You know, that's the thing that people don't realize is when you talk about these 17, 18 starters that Kentucky's returning, Chris Oates is not one of those guys that you mentioned because he didn't start. So that's a guy that I think will take a big jump. I think DeAndre Square, a leader on the defense, we've seen that. Uh, the Quentin Bohannas. I think that side of the ball, Mitch, this defense in 2020, it could be better than the one we saw two years ago from top to bottom, just because of their collective talent. I think everywhere across the board, there's going to be a former four- or five-star player probably starting. I mean, I think DeAndre Square was a three, but he's an all-SEC guy. So it's going to be interesting to see what that side of the ball. The question to me is on the offensive side. You mentioned replacing Lynn Bowden. Well, if Terry Wilson steps in as healthy, they're fine in that situation. Who knows about the Joey Gatewood I know he's applied for the waiver for transfer, but, I mean, it, it probably looks like they won't have him this year, probably be next year. 
And then the wide receiver position, that's the biggest thing. You, you take your best wide receiver, you put him at quarterback last year, it all works out. But now, who are some guys that you look at at that spot? You would like to think Josh Ali is a breakout candidate. I, he had a really good performance in the bowl game. And Vince Merrill mentioned last week that he's a guy that has superstar potential written all over him. And I think he is due for that. Um, Isaiah Epps is a guy, as of right now, that Kentucky missed last year that could be back. Uh, Bryce Oliver, there's there's some pieces there, but once again, Kentucky offensively is going to lean on that offensive line and those three running backs that they got it. I don't think much will change. It's just the faces will change now. Jumping over to the hardwood, let's open up with Nick Richards and his play. The steps that he has taken from year one to year two to now, talk about how Nick Richards has progressed and also how big he is for this, just let alone for this Kentucky team. Well, they started a campaign for Nick Richards to be an All-American. I'm, I'm sure you've been seeing that on social media. And, you know, very deserving. Uh, there was video come out this morning that someone broke down his play from his freshman season until now and just the plays that he couldn't make as a freshman. A lot of it was his lack of strength. A lot of it was just lack of a motor, not really understanding how to play. Now what I see, Mitch, I see a seven-footer running the floor faster than guards and beating guards down the floor there's probably been 20 to 25 plays this year where he's just been the first guy down the floor and they've hit him in transition for a dunk. That's a play that I don't think any of us would have ever thought that Nick Richards would make. But his impact, he's the one guy that I think Kentucky can't afford to lose at some point. I just don't think that they have an answer. If you know This is the time of year, Mitch, where Kentucky fans, they know how this goes. I think that's what scared them the other night with Hagen's going down and Richards turning his ankle. This seems to be the point in the year where things happen. Last year it was Rick Travis, then it was P.J. Washington. We've seen the Jared Vanderbilt stories. You know, there's always been something happen. I'm hoping that Kentucky can stay healthy, go into the NCAA tournament at full strength, but if you lose someone, I just think Nick's the one you can't lose. He impacts the game in so many different ways. And it's just his impact on that team, it's been tremendous. And it goes to think, you know, Cal struck out on all those five-star big men big man going into this recruiting year let's, let's say that one of those guys in Lexington would we would we be seeing the Nick Richards that we're seeing now because the leash would have been a little bit shorter but I think that's what's been his biggest help is he's had to play through some things like when he struggled against Utah and Ohio State Cal had to keep playing him and I think that's been the biggest thing that's happened that let him build that confidence that Cal talks about build your own confidence he had to it was either you build it or this team's not going to do as well as what everybody thinks they're going to do you know, jumping over to a little bit of the road record, 6-2 and two on the road uh, in conference play, this seems like a different Kentucky team than years past that, you know, maybe struggle on the road but do good at home. Talk about the road uh, the road improvements this year and what Cal has done differently with this team. They're different on the road. It, they're different when you're around them on the road, too. I mean, I've been to every road game. The only one I didn't do was Vandy and Nashville. I've been to the others, and they're, they're honestly a different team. They're, there's a swagger about them when they're in warm-ups. I think that they take on that us-against-the-world mentality, and I think that comes from the top of things. I think that comes from Cal. I think he embraces the road challenge. Uh, it is weird, though, to see how much better they perform away from Rupp Arena, especially shooting-wise. I know that's something that's been a discussion the last few weeks, but when you look at those things, it's kind of bizarre, but, I mean, They've got some of the best wins. Like, LSU does not lose in Baton Rouge. And Kentucky went in there the other night. And really, from about the 
four-minute mark of the first half, you probably never felt like Kentucky was in danger of losing that game, even when LSU made their push at the end. I don't know what it is, honestly. I think it comes from the top of this with Cal, the veteran leadership with Nick Richards, Ashton Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly. They've got guys that have been on the road in the SEC. They understand what it's like to play on the road. And, you know, I, I think that that bodes well for them going into the tournament, playing away from home. Uh, we know most of the crowds, though, in the NCAA tournament are going to be pros UK, but it definitely has helped this team develop a, a mental toughness and an edge when they're going into an opponent's venue. And they got two more road games to go, one at A&M, one at Florida. Uh, closed this thing out. Definitely could improve their seating. Since losing to Auburn a couple weeks ago, Kentucky has been on a complete tear. Has Calipari done something differently with this team um, that has kind of sparked in these last five games? Or is it just because they've woken up and they said, hey, we're here to play now? Well, if you go back and you look at the Auburn game and you pull the statistics and you pull the box score, it's kind of hard to see, you know, how Kentucky was even competitive in that game when you look at the free throw shooting. Uh, Auburn shot a ton of free throws compared to what Kentucky did, which is kind of kind of odd because Kentucky is usually that team that's you know shooting 10 to 14 free throws more than the opponent. And Hagens was not his best that day. Richards was off. He got sort of bullied by Austin Wiley, which I think was a, a big difference for him because he had been able to just dominate the big, the big man he had faced prior to that. So I don't, I don't really know if Cal has done anything different. I think it's just been – Emmanuel quickly has just been a steady piece. I, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I've been campaigning for him to be SEC player of the year. I just feel like he's been the most consistent guy in the league from start to finish from the very first game till now. If you look at the numbers, you compare him to Skylar Mays, everybody else in the league, if you're wanting to take the best player off the best team, I don't see how there's another guy other than Emmanuel. I, I think he's been the biggest reason that they've had this push uh, to win and won five in a row now and going into the game of Florida tomorrow. I think against Ole Miss, he had one of his worst shooting days of the year, but he still finished with 18 to 19 points. And that's the thing that separates him, his ability to get to the free throw line, hit free throws, and you know make up those plays even when he's not making baskets. I think that's been the biggest thing for this team is they found a way to win ugly games. And we all know when that tournament starts in a month, every team that wins a national championship, they've got to win at least one game that was just brutally ugly. It always seems like it happens. And this team has shown us probably eight to nine times now that it's, they can win a game where they're not playing their best or shooting their best. So it has been interesting to see this stretch over the last five games. I think a lot of people felt like when they lost at Auburn, that they would lose another one or two. Possibly, a lot of people had LSU as a loss. But I don't know. It's just This team was hard to, to figure out for a few weeks, but it seems like they're really hitting their stride. And I think that their bond on the court, the closest, one of the closest teams Cal's had. I know that's saying something because we feel like we repeat that every year, but this group is really close. Last question I have for you, going into Florida and going down the stretch here, what are your expectations for the rest of the season, and what is the ceiling for this Kentucky team? I think they, I think they go unbeaten the rest of the way in the regular season. I, the only one that really concerns me is the one at Florida, just because it seems like Florida is getting their, their stuff together. They, they've got the athletes. When you look at rosters and the way that they're 
everything's made up. Florida should be the second best team in the SEC with the dudes they have. You know, Kerry Black's here, Scotty Lewis. They have the guys that can match up with Kentucky. That's what I'm interested about tomorrow's matchup. It's at Rupp Arena. But, I mean, I would be surprised if Florida came to Rupp and beat Kentucky, but it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky drops that one going into March. But it's one of those things that, you know, I don't know. This team is so good on the road, Mitch, that you kind of feel better about the one in two weeks than the one you do tomorrow. But I don't know. Like, I I think the ceiling for this team, I think they're a Final Four team. I think they can win a national championship. I I don't see – the way college basketball's been this year, it's been one of the weirdest years. You know, the upsets, the top ten was just number one was an ever-changing thing until Baylor got there. And now Baylor plays Kansas tomorrow, which, you know, could end up changing things over a little bit in the AP poll. But it just feels like that this year there's not that dominant team. Even Baylor has only lost, what, one game, I think, all season. It still feels like they're they're not unbeatable, of course. But I think that this team is Final Four potential. I think they can win a national championship. The one thing is that they've shown us they're not going to blow anyone out. They're going to be in close games. Every time they take the floor, I, I don't remember the last real blowout. I don't know. Can you remember one, Mitch? Because I, I can't remember one that they really just steamrolled someone for forty minutes. You know, this team. This team kind of feels like the heart attack cats. This is kind of one of those that is going to kind of like the uh, Brandon Knight year, where they didn't blow anybody out. It was very close in the NCAA tournament. They got all the way to the. I think it was the final game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, lost to UConn that year. This team has the feeling of that team, kind of uh, talent-wise, and, and, and just kind of the the overall swagger of the team. They do, and that's why I think that when you look at this thing, when this bracket comes out in a few weeks, I don't think that there's anyone that should scare Kentucky fans, no matter where they're matched up. How Cal does this whole they'll send us to Alaska <laughs> if they want to, which you know I'm, I'm hoping we get to stay close to home this year and not have to go crazy with travel, but. When it comes down to it, I just don't see any team that Kentucky should be scared of. And then again, on the other side, I don't think anybody should be scared of Kentucky. I think that that's what makes this tournament so special this year, is it's going to be one of those wild years where there might not be any ones in the Final Four. Who knows? Or it could just completely pull us, Mitch, and it might be all chalk. Who knows? But... It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I, I think anyone that says that this team is not good enough to win a championship this season would be fooling themselves. I, I think that they're good enough. I think they have enough talent. They've got the one of the best March coaches in college basketball on the sidelines. And, you know, these other teams that haven't figured it out, we know one team that will have it figured out by the time that term starts, and that's Kentucky. And I, I think that they haven't peaked yet. That's the biggest thing. They're still making strides. I see a difference in them every single game, every time they take the floor. And I think that's a good thing. A lot of teams peak by this time, and then they fall off when the tournament starts. I don't think Kentucky's peaked yet. He is Sean Smith. Sean, tell them where they can find all your great Kentucky work. And uh, we're looking, hopefully I get to see you at the SEC tournament in Nashville in a couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. You can find everything at GoBigBlueCountry.com. You can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Uh, as always, Mitch, I really appreciate you having me on, and let's uh, see where this college basketball season takes us. You have been listening to College Basketball Friday on the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. want to do a special thank you to our special guest, founder of Go Big Blue Country, Sean Smith, 
for joining the podcast today to talk all things Kentucky Athletics. Very fun interview, so I hope you enjoyed it. Also, I want to thank our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. Be sure you run by there and tell them that Mitch Davis Central, they'll hook you up with collegiate apparel. They'll hook you up with tackle and everything else that you could ever dream of. They have it there at Swell Wilson, the historic Arlington Depot Square. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Be sure you follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show. Shoot me an email at the Mitch Davis Show at AOL.com. And also you can find us on TikTok by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. Want to thank you for tuning in and hope you all have a great weekend of college basketball.